Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 156th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great, Cameron. Football season. It's, it's pretty much here. It's I here. Think. It's yeah. so close. I can I can taste it. It tastes like a like a delicious steak or something. Maybe even something even better than that. I don't know. That's it's it's I'm good. Just, it's something else, man. It's a good feeling. Yeah. Uh football is ramping up in every way. Uh NFL is starting back up, college football. Is there are there games this there Friday? is a college football game on Saturday, okay. and I believe it's Nebraska versus Illinois. Oh. And producer Cameron's not here to tell us who's going to win, unfortunately. It's a, a Big Ten conference game. Yeah. Wow, interesting. I think there's some other games, too, but that's yeah. like one of the more notable games. Oh. Uh, yeah, I wonder what... We, we don't know what producer Cameron would say about that. He is not with us this week. He'll be back next week, though. We miss him. Uh, he is... At the lake of all places, so we're gonna give him a hard time for skipping out on us just to go to the lake. Gotta enjoy that that summer weather while oh, yeah. it's still here. It is hot. Well, this week uh, we are going to go down the entire Mizzou football schedule, preview each matchup, give our predictions for win and loss, talk about our expectations for the season, what would be considered a disappointment, what would be considered a success. Before we do that, though, don't forget um, to subscribe on YouTube. A bunch of people have been subscribing. We really appreciate everyone who is checking us out over there. We are closing in on 300 subscribers on YouTube, so that is very cool. And shout out to our newest Patreon supporter, 430 Horse. 430 Horse. He's going to be participating in the Missouri Sports Podcast Fantasy Football League, which, of course, you can do as well. This is going to be the last week that we talk about it before um, we really kick things off and we're going to be drafting soon and everything. So we've got one spot left for a 10-team league. We've got three spots left for a 12-team league. We can uh, we can make room for you if you want to join. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. Sign up at the $10 tier or above. Then you can come uh, hang out with us on the Discord channel, chat about Mizzou and fantasy football and... Yeah, it'll just be a, a grand old time. Yeah, the the Discord is is really gotten pretty fun. It's a it's a nice community of Mizzou fans, and I mean, almost daily we're we're chatting about something Mizzou related. So super chill, friendly environment. Just come hang out with us on Discord and play fantasy football if you like. It's uh, a lot of a lot of fun stuff. Okay, so uh, we do have a few news items from this past week to cover before we jump into the schedule preview. Um, just really quick, unfortunate news. Kyron Montgomery tore his ACL. He will not be playing this season. Um, a guy that we thought maybe could uh, contribute as a freshman. But he'll get to redshirt this year and come back strong next season and hopefully still have a wonderful career at Mizzou. But uh, it was going to be nice to see him get out there and play at least you know four games or so. Yeah, this was, this was definitely a big bummer as one of the more talented freshman in the class i would say and like you said uh, definitely a candidate to to play quite a bit and potentially even shed the the red shirt if, if he played really well so um i hope he's able to recover fully from you know an acl injury can be pretty significant and it, it can take a while and take a toll on your mental game too so mm-hmm. 
definitely wish him the best in his uh, recovery, and hopefully we'll see him next year. And then we did have some kind of like depth charty notes, uh, just some comments from the coaching staff. Coach Drinkwitz in particular uh, talked about the running back depth. He thinks that B.J. Harris has kind of carved out the role as the third string running back. And then he also mentioned Chance Looper as being a contributor at the slot position at wide receiver. He was filling in there with the first team when Mookie Cooper was absent with an injury from practice. So uh, those two young players who seem to be uh, getting some love from the coaching staff. Yeah, that's great news on on B.J. Harris, the true freshman running back from Tennessee, um, making the three deep. I mean, I think we all we all love ourselves some some Dawson Downing, and I think it's fun to see him get in on the action. But if we're really thinking about what's best for Mizzou football, I think we definitely wanted to see one of those young freshman running backs step up and maybe get some playing times this year. Yeah, I really didn't expect B.J. Harris to be the guy necessarily. I thought it was going to take him a little bit longer. Now, of course, it's not a huge role as the third running back on the on the team. Um, the top two guys are going to definitely get most of the work, but um, getting uh, freshmen involved early and just kind of continuing the momentum of it just seems like Mizzou football for, you know, as long as, you know, pretty much the last 10 years, it's just been pretty steady um, starting running back and then like the next guy up, you know, each mm-hmm. time they graduate, we're kind of filling that spot with a very capable back. So hopefully that continues. Yeah, and then good good news again on, on Chance Looper and J.J. Hester. Um, we've kind of heard good things about them all camp, and uh, Coach Drink was, was very adamant about um, especially Chance Looper and how he maybe had the best camp out of anybody in the entire team. So you're going to see a lot of Looper this year. Um, J.J. Hester was my breakout candidate last week when we, when we talked about the player previews and stuff. So um, pretty much all good vibes from those guys that that we've heard through camp. So I think you'll pretty safe to assume we'll we'll see quite a bit of those guys. And um, there was a little bit of uh, questioning uh, Tyler Beatty's injury status. Uh, he was just a little bit dinged up in practice, but he is fine. And Mookie Cooper was also a little bit injured, and we don't know yet if he will play against Central Michigan. Uh, Coach Drinkwitz was asked that specifically, and he said he just didn't want to give that information to the opponent. I don't know. I I think that <laughs> kind of sounds like uh sounds like he will play, but yeah. well, I, I'm really if, excited to see him out there. So maybe yeah. I'm just hopeful. Even if he, I, hopefully he's just not going to have to play, you know, eighty percent of snaps or anything. But if he can get in there a little bit, just kind of get the feeling back for running around or out there and knock the dust off from actual game not be needed that would be ideal and but it sounds like chance looper is ready to go just in case okay so we are ready for the schedule preview Um, we're going to go through everybody on the schedule give a prediction talk about how mizzou could win where they might falter and we'll start it off with central michigan uh head coach Familiar to Mizzou fans, Jim McElwain, formerly of Florida. Uh, they went 3-3 three and three last year in the MAC. It was a shortened season due to COVID, of course. Uh, they basically returned their entire offense, uh, but with a new quarterback who transferred in from Washington named Jacob Sermon. Um, and they return all 10 starters on defense. Um, they are led on defense by all-conference type players in linebacker Troy Brown and defensive lineman Troy Hairston. So uh, not a team that we can sleep on. 
we're not starting the season with a conference game like Nebraska and Illinois are, but we're also not starting it with a cupcake by any means. Uh, Central Michigan has a, a good coaching staff, good weapons on offense. Um, I think this could definitely be a challenge for Missouri. We got to kind of come out sharp. No, you know, we can't really just walk through this one, sleepwalk through this one and expect a win. Yeah, Jim Jim McElwain is a really good coach, and I think he has a reputation of being maybe a little aloof, maybe a little goofy, but he everywhere he's been, really outside of Florida, he's been really good, especially those smaller schools. He's had a ton of, of success in the past. He's a good coach. He knows what yeah. he's doing. I think Central Michigan could be pretty good this year, and like you said, they have a lot returning on defense. They could be pretty salty. It's very possible that Mizzou struggles to figure things out on offense in this game. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them come out of the gates a little shaky, take some time to kind of figure out like how to attack this defense because they they could be tough. Yeah, I kind of see this game being a bit of a defensive struggle, um, partly because it just being so early in the season, um, I could see both offenses maybe taking a little bit to get going. And uh, yeah, I I have this down as a win for Missouri, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't see Missouri just like lighting up the scoreboard. I think. Unfortunately, we I think the fans might be a little bit lethargic at Faroe Field, even though it's opening game day. Um, the, the athletic department has been giving away tickets and discounting tickets for this matchup, which is unfortunate, but it's going to be very hot yeah. mid-afternoon kickoff, mm-hmm. Labor Day weekend. So I'm, I'm afraid the crowd might not be too terribly into it. Um, and if we could somehow channel all the TV viewers and all the people <laughs> keeping up with it on Twitter into like volume for the crowd at Fro Field, that'd be great. Yeah, but, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this might be kind of an ugly game. I think Mizzou wins, but I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see it a one-score game in the fourth quarter, kind of a thing. And maybe they hopefully run away with it a little bit at the end, but. I I definitely think just kind of a struggle might be a good way to describe this game, or they might come out and win by four touchdowns. I have no idea. But I think if I had to guess, I think it's, it's a little closer than we're comfortable with. Yeah. A, a, uh, a blowout Missouri win would be a surprise, but a welcome one. But, uh, I think whoever wins this is going to be fairly close. If central Michigan were to win, I think it would just be because they come out sharp on offense and Missouri doesn't. I don't think either team will come out super sharp on offense. I think Missouri will try to uh, control the tempo and the time of possession with the running game. And um, if Missouri's defense can just stay off the field quite a bit and we can kind of dominate the time of possession, then I think we'll be golden. Yeah. 1-0. and I've got a 1-0 as well. Okay, so now we are on the road at Kentucky course head coach mark stoops last year they were four and six in the all sec season and in the matchup with mizzou mizzou won that one 20 to 10 of course last year that was coming off of the big win over lsu that was a shootout and then they kind of had a grinded out victory uh over kentucky the following week i'll be honest i don't remember that game super well so i went back and watched some highlights from it today and there weren't really a whole lot of highlights to be honest because that was a snoozer of a game uh just i mean talk about a struggle that was textbook 
uh, defensive struggle last year, 20 to 10, lots of field goals, lots of just, I don't know. I mean, Kentucky's really solid in the, in the trenches and that was pretty clear, even in some of those highlights that it was tough to run on them last year. They're, they're consistent. It seems like they're always big and, and tough in the trenches, especially D line. So that, I mean, that's, that's always going to be a challenge. If you're, if you're good in the trenches, you have a chance to always make kind of muddy games up or yeah. uh, keep them close. And make the other team play your style of football. Right. And it's definitely what Kentucky tries to do. Right. And it never seems like Kentucky is flashy at all. It just always seems like they kind of just are brute strength to just find a way to outmuscle you. Well, I think they're going to try to be a little bit more flashy on offense this year. They brought in, uh, they're bringing in a quarterback transfer from Penn State. Okay. Kyle, how do you pronounce this last name? L E V I S. You have it written down somewhere? I do. Uh, Oh, okay. QB uh, transfer from Penn State, Will. Okay, well, the, did you, do you know the answer? I don't. Okay, well, obviously. It's spelled the same way Harrison, as Missouri's kicker. Yes, in Mevis. Uh, this has got to be, I don't know. There's no, no way you would look at this and pronounce Say it. Say Levis. Levis, yeah. Okay, it's got to be Levis. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, whatever. We'll find out on game day or something. <laughs> okay, quarterback uh, transfer from Penn State, Will Levis. Levis, and uh, they bring a new offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen, who was previously on the assistant coach staff under Sean McVay with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, but Kentucky was the last in the SEC in total yards last year, so they're going to try to turn that around by, I think, opening up the passing game a little bit. And that's where I think Missouri will have an advantage on defense because they're kind of trying to new, do new things on offense at Kentucky. And it will take, I think, more than one game, more than two games for them to really get going on offense, if they are ever going to at all this year. Yeah, one thing you mentioned was last in total yardage. When I was watching those highlights today, they had 73 total yards going into the fourth quarter of last year's game, which is just horrendous. And ended up almost making that game close somehow. So that's how much of a struggle that was. Um, But yeah, I, I um, I think I agree with you. This could be take some time for Kentucky for Kentucky to kind of figure it out it seems like their offense is never great uh, unless they have like Lynn Bowden just like yeah running for 200 yards or something but right uh, they returned 60 percent of their total production from last year um, something they'll probably bring up with a lot of these teams is is their percentage of, t- of total production returning as well as the S&P uh, predictive metrics that's done by Bill Connolly um, at ESPN uh, but Bill and the S&P ranks um he's predicting them to win 6.7 games so that seems a little high to me but i mean it's very possible that the new oc comes in and and really kind of brings in some fresh ideas with also kind of maintaining some some consistency so i guess it wouldn't shock me if, if kentucky is pretty salty but yeah i think they'll have a solid offensive line they'll try to run the ball chris uh, rodriguez is one of the better running backs in the sec he had a really good season last year um they have kind of always had a pretty decent defense um although last year they really struggled to get after the opponent's quarterback which i think missouri could benefit from obviously early in the season um this being at kentucky i I guess i guess i'm just stressing mostly the timing of this game i think missouri will be ahead of kentucky this this early in the season kentucky might figure things out later on but uh i've got this one as a win for missouri I'm definitely, it's definitely a toss-up game for me, especially with it being on the road. Sure. 
but I've got it at a win for Missouri to start out 2-0. Yeah, I mean, Missouri lost to Kentucky five years in a row before last year, so it's um, not at all insane to think that Mizzou could lose to Kentucky. This is a huge game. This is a massive game for kind of setting the tone for the rest of the season. If Mizzou comes out flat... For both teams. Right, yeah. definitely. If, if Mizzou comes out flat and, and loses by a few touchdowns in this game, like there's just a lot of built-up hype for this season and maybe even too much, but there's a lot of hype, there's a lot of hope, and a lot of trust in, in Coach Drinkwitz to kind of take us to somewhere we haven't been before and i think a lot of that might kind of die if we just get blown out by kentucky on the road and so i I would hope not two non-conference games after that before we get uh tennessee yeah so a lot of some of these toss-up games like we really kind of need to take advantage of of the early part of the schedule yeah i wish we could i wish we could play kentucky at home and tennessee on the road because I think the fans would really show up big time for the second game of the season, being the yeah. SEC opener at home. Yep. So yeah, it's a night game, too. Yeah. Uh, I do have this as a win, though, and maybe that'll just will will them to victory. <laughs> Probably so. Yeah. Uh, next game on the schedule is Southeast Missouri State. We are not really going to talk about this one. That abs- Southeast Missouri State University, SEMO, they call them. Uh, that's going to be a win. It's going to be a win for me. For the Tigers. And it should be a blowout. We should see the starters pulled fairly early. This should be one of those four games that the red-shirted players are going to get to participate in. Then we've got a tough matchup on the road at Boston College. Uh, their head coach in his second season in BC is Jeff Halfley. Uh, last year they were 6-5. and five. Um, he had kind of a big job on his hands when he came to Boston College. He had to completely overhaul the offense. They were run heavy two years ago, and he installed a new offense where they just aired out all over the field. This year they're getting Notre Dame transfer quarterback Phil Jerkovic, and um, they already had an excellent wide receiver in Zay Flowers. Uh, last year he had 56 catches, almost 900 yards, and nine touchdowns. Uh, Jerkovic was just there last year as well. Thank you very much. He's good. Quarterback's very good. Um, I think Phil Steele has him as a top seven uh, NFL prospect. Uh, I think he's only a, I think he's a junior this year. So he could leave after this year if he has a really big year. But, yeah, like you said, he, he's great. Zay Flowers, wide receiver, is really, really good. They connected a lot of times last year. So that's a pretty dangerous connection. Yeah, uh, Boston College's defense is not terribly scary. Um, I would say their strength is in the secondary, so they may definitely pose a challenge for Mizzou's passing game. But I could see Missouri's offensive line um, taking control of this one and allowing the running game to really get going. Um, As far as a prediction for this game, it's on the road. I think Boston College's offense especially is going to be sneaky good and hopefully Missouri's defense will be prepared for it but I don't know I just don't I've got this as a loss for Missouri Um, again it's a toss-up I've kind of got it the same as the Kentucky game where it could go either way if Missouri's going to win this one I think it would be from again just absolutely dominating the time of possession defense getting off the field not letting Boston College convert third downs and uh, Missouri's got to score touchdowns in the red zone and not be kicking field goals. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
Jerkovic is not a mobile quarterback. I mean, he can he can move around a little bit, but he's not going to kill you with his legs. I just think Missouri's got to corral him in the backfield, uh, be in his face constantly, make him think about his every decision he's making, um, because he's f- very easily good enough to to win the, to win that game yeah. for Boston College. So Missouri's got to figure out a way to minimize him, minimize Zay Flowers. But if they can do that, I think they'll they'll win. But um, I don't know. I actually do. I actually do have this as a loss just because of just how difficult I think this is to go on the road. That's a pretty far way to travel. Um, really, I think what it comes down to is these first four games. I just think Missouri needs to be three and one, and they're probably going to lose against Kentucky or Boston College. I, I don't think they can win both of those. I mean, they could, but I don't see them winning both of them. If they're coming out four and zero, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't see that. If they're coming out three and one, I'm totally satisfied. But um, I just hope that we're not seeing two and two in those first four games. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, okay, so we both have that as a loss. So three and one, whether it's Boston College or Kentucky, coming into a home matchup with Tennessee. Tennessee is coached by the one and only Josh Heupel, his first season in Knoxville. Um, first of all just wow um (laughs) i mean congratulations to him honestly like that's pretty uh nice spot to be although tennessee fans are a little bit delusional and are going to expect too much of him too early but um he did a good job at ucf and has parlayed that into a head coaching job in the sec so can't fault him for that Uh, last year tennessee was three and seven and uh they is this right Missouri lost to Tennessee last year? Yeah. That's depressing. I forgot about that. Tennessee looked very good last year whenever we played against them. Their offensive line completely dominated Missouri from the start. They ran it down our throats all game, and then they went on to just be completely mediocre the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, – I didn't actually forget the game, but I wanted to. They well, Missouri lost 35-12. to 12. And one other thing, I mean, obviously, I don't know how much a difference this would have made, but that was the game that – Sean Robinson lost his job, and they threw Bazelak in there halfway through the game, and he did not play well at all. And yeah. I mean, that's fairly understandable. So there was uh, some turmoil, I guess, in some ways happening there on Missouri's side of the ball. And uh, Tennessee just, I don't know, they took advantage of the situation. They played really well in that game. That was definitely their best game of the season. Tennessee this offseason was completely decimated by the transfer portal, basically. Um, Jarrett Garantano, their former starting quarterback, is now at Washington State. Ty Chandler's at North Carolina. Eric Gray is at Oklahoma. Uh, they lost some offensive linemen to Oklahoma and their best offensive linemen to Texas A&M. Um, Harrison Bailey, the uh, highly touted freshman who played some last year, should be the starting quarterback, I think. Um, I can't remember if that's been completely decided yet or not. Uh, they do have incoming quarterback transfers from Michigan and Virginia Tech. The Michigan guy was the starter uh, and just didn't play very well at Michigan. But I think Harrison Bailey is going to be the guy for Tennessee. I think he's good enough to make that offense go. Um, but just a lot of turnover on the offense. It's going to uh, – with with Tennessee, we're not going to know – a couple games into the season for them, we're going to know kind of where they sit a little bit. But I could see them taking three or four games to kind of figure out who even is going to be – their starters at several positions on the offense yeah if i if i could say one word to describe 
the last few years for Tennessee, I just think of chaos, like with all the coaching search madness that's happened. With uh, They've had two different coaching searches that neither one of them have gone well, yeah. it seems like, from the outside. Yeah. Uh, all the transfer portal <clears throat> um, activity they've had of people going out. Um, <clears throat> pretty much almost every team that we're going to play this year ranks in the top 125 on returning production percentage. Tennessee is not in the top 125. Yeah. One, top 125 because they just – they had a lot of turnover, like yeah. you said. Um, one thing I did find kind of interesting is uh, the S&P uh, actually kind of likes Tennessee. And I think it has a lot to do with how well they seem to recruit somehow. Um, but uh, the S&P predicts them to win 6.9 games this year. Um, I think I struggle to see that happening. But, uh, I mean, predictive analytics are popular because they're often accurate. So yeah. maybe there's something going on there that, that we don't know about. But... I definitely think that this is a win for Mizzou. I think Tennessee is not going to be very good this year. Yeah, Tennessee's defense was pretty awful last year. After from the from after the Mizzou game, the rest of the season they couldn't stop anybody. Yeah. Um, they brought over a former Penn State defensive coordinator uh, to this staff. Um, but the defense, I mean, it's just kind of crazy. Like they lost good players because these players are now at Alabama, yeah. Michigan State, Miami. Uh, they did get a big time linebacker transfer in uh, Juwan Mitchell from Texas, but like these are not players that like just flamed out and are going to like lower level, lower tier programs. I mean, they're losing transfers to major Power Five conference teams. Yeah, teams that are going to be very good this year. It is going to be interesting to see what that Josh Heupel offense looks like. Um, obviously, when he was at Missouri, it was the Drew Lock shows, but it was very vanilla and but somehow explosive because yeah. drew lock was a fantastic athlete and they had good wide receivers at times so but i mean they were just bombing it all yeah. the time so they and it seemed like no matter what the outcome was the offense was not going to be on the field very long right they it were was, either going to like score in like two minutes of game time and like yeah. six plays or they were going to go three and out right and that seemed like such a downfall at the time too because even if we're scoring the defense is just out there so much yeah. and they were just getting gassed but yeah, I'll take we, some of that. World's fastest, like, three and outs, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Seriously. Yeah, like, literally, like, 12 seconds of game clock would go <laughs> off, and we'd be sending the defense back out there. Seriously. Um, I've got the Tennessee game as a win. Um, I think that Tennessee's defense is going to be on the field a lot. I think the home crowd will bring it. And, uh, yeah, I think I like uh, Missouri's offense to control that game. So we both have them at four and one. Four and one going into a sneaky tough matchup against North Texas. Is it? Uh, I would mm, probably not. But okay. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Uh, head coach Seth Luttrell. Uh, he's been there for a while. They went four and six last year. Um, they had kind of a crazy season. They played uh, like four-ish games and then didn't play for like a month because of COVID. So they basically had like two separate seasons just about. Um, they return basically their entire offense. Um, they're going to do a lot of like fast, hurry up, up tempo run game, and then bomb it deep sometimes too, to try to keep the defense honest. But it didn't, it didn't really matter last year because their defense couldn't stop anybody. Uh, I broke down their, uh, 10 games between their wins and their losses. The average score in their wins was 45 to 31. The average score in their losses was 50 to 27. 
So even in their wins, they were giving up more than 30 points, and uh, their losses, their defense couldn't do anything. Yeah, absolutely atrocious defense. Like, every single game was a shootout, basically. Uh, yeah, and just basically to follow up what you said, they, they gave up 43 points per game in their 10 games they played. That's that will awful. not play, yeah. That's so bad. Yeah. But, I mean, their offense was good enough to hang around, and maybe that's why they're – sometimes I kind of feel like those things are um, – kind of related correlated and whenever the defense knows they have an offense that's going to score a lot of points maybe they play a little more relaxed because they know that they've got freaking Jalen Darden coming out yeah. and, and he's going to score nearly 20 touchdowns on the whole season yeah that's quite a stat line he's not there anymore this year thank goodness uh, but yeah he's in the NFL now uh, but last year 74 catches 1100 yards and 19 touchdowns that's insane that's unbelievable uh, they've got an interesting quarterback situation. Their starting quarterback, who I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name, was drafted by the New York Yankees in the second round, and he is a 28-year-old sophomore. What? Doing some uh, Brandon Whedon type stuff over there. <laughs> How is that possible? 28? <laughs> yeah. That's older than me. Yeah. that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Is North Texas going to be any good? Uh, maybe on offense, almost definitely not on defense yeah and i got this as a missouri win missouri should be able to do whatever they want on offense honestly yeah that's got to be a win it could be one of those just like kind of like uh we probably shouldn't have let north texas score that many points but when missouri scores 50 it's not going to be i think we'll kind of overlook that yeah all right so five and one five and one i'll I'll take it into a big game man that could be that could be huge. A five and one, with a loss to either Kentucky or Boston College, was Missouri in the top twenty-five at that point? Uh, I would say no, but probably getting pretty close. Gotcha. So probably not going to be in the top twenty-five after the Texas A and M game either. Spoiler alert: I've got this one as a loss. Well, maybe if. Uh the rankings people want to get some hype for the game maybe they'll s- squeeze them yeah. in there that 25 yeah yeah that make is that actually rank, that's that big brain Kyle. Yeah, oh yeah. that that is a good point yeah. they might it might be like number five texas a&m versus top top 25 missouri oh yeah uh head coach jimbo fisher they were an incredible nine and one last year um just like kind of under the radar one of the best teams in the country i kind of doubted them all year and they just kept proving me wrong. Uh, one of the most efficient offenses in the entire country. They were third in the nation in time of possession and scored 33 points per game and put up uh, over 400 yards per game on offense. So very good, but they are replacing Kellen Mond, who's now in the NFL at quarterback, and they bring in Haynes King. So definitely uh, going to take some time to get him involved in the offense, and I can't imagine he's quite as good as Kellen Mond, but we'll see. Uh, they do have... One of the best running backs in the country, and Isaiah Spiller, he averaged 103 yards per game in 2020 and had a massive 174 yards against Florida of all teams last year. And then they've got two guys behind him that could be starters on pretty much any other team just about. So they, and one of them is just like one of the fastest players in college football. So they'll always have fresh legs coming out of the backfield. It might not matter too terribly much how their quarterback play is. Yeah, uh, I feel like I was kind of right there with you on A&M last year where I kind of like thought they were a little bit fraudulent, and uh, but they just kept squeaking by. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I, th- I think it was like the first or second game of the year. They barely beat Vanderbilt. It was like 17 to 12 or something. Like they just barely beat Vanderbilt, who was not good. And I think that was maybe something that played into me thinking like, okay, surely they're just going to yeah. stumble here. But their only loss of the whole year was Alabama in week two, and they won out, yeah. including a bowl game against North Carolina. So uh, I definitely think that they were legit. They they proved that they were good. Kellamond was, was really good. He was there for what felt like eight years, mm-hmm. but he was just super consistent, um, good uh, game manager for sure. And I know that comes off as like a – negative term for right. a lot of people but i think that's i think that was a positive thing he was definitely the leader of that team and they were he didn't need to good. do a whole lot i mean they had the number one defense in the sec in yards per game and points per game allowed mm. and they led the sec in uh tackles for loss per game yeah so just very balanced and they could kind of just go about their business without being too terribly flashy and just kind of win a lot of games yeah i mean jimbo fisher i think he knows what he's doing at this point he's he's a he's a great college football coach um, they returned 60% of total production, uh, 74% of their defense returns from last year, which was already a great defense. So they, yeah, they're going to be good. Yeah. Uh, S&P predicts them to win 9.3 games. So that's third in the SEC, only behind Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, they're going to be good. Uh, like top 10 in the country, probably all season good. And I've got this as a loss, unfortunately, for Missouri. Um I think this could be ugly for Missouri's offense. Uh, Texas A&M just very, very good. They're going to have a stout defensive line. I think I am not down on Missouri's offensive line this year. I just think Texas A&M has a lot of NFL caliber players on their defense, and they'll kind of push Missouri's offense around a little bit. I'm afraid. Yeah, I've got this as a loss too. But it's, I mean, if the season goes as well as we hope at the, the first half, this really could be a super fun game that has a lot of hype and i just hope that uh missouri shows up and makes it competitive and uh, and you never know what can happen yeah okay moving on to a road matchup with vanderbilt uh they've got a new head coach this year clark lee he was formerly the notre dame defensive coordinator uh they have a new coach because they went zero and nine last year <laughs> and uh they they do return a lot of uh, their offense but that offense from last year was completely terrible <laughs> uh, they bring back Ken Seals at quarterback. Uh, he threw for 1,900 yards, 11 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions last year as a freshman. And but and they do lose their leading rusher, uh, Keon Henry Brooks. But they bring in uh, Temple transfer running back. Uh, so kind of swapping out guys there. Uh, their defense, they've got a lot of young guys in the secondary and a lot of guys that maybe aren't quite sec size up front they've just it's hard to recruit uh at vanderbilt i think i wouldn't want that job anyway and uh, so i just think their defense is going to be outmatched this could be another struggle year for vanderbilt hopefully for their sake the new coaching staff can get them turned around to some extent yeah yeah there's really no reason to think that vanderbilt's going to be very much better than they were last year and they were terrible last year so um, this comes at kind of an interesting point in Mizzou's schedule. Uh, it's sandwiched between probably the two toughest games on the schedule, obviously A&M, and then after Vanderbilt, we play Georgia um, on the road. So uh, Missouri's got to win this game or else they can really kind of find themselves in a potential uh, downward spiral there. Yeah. So they definitely need to uh, just to break up those almost certain losses with uh, with a win against Vanderbilt. Just you got to take care of business and – um, honestly, I know it's been different coaching staffs in the past, but 
it's not always like as easy as it seems to take out some of the bottom feeders of the SEC. So um, got to bring the focus. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, I mean, it's a, it's a must win game at Vanderbilt this season, I think. So then we're moving on to a road matchup against Georgia. Obviously, head coach Kirby Smart, he's doing incredible things there in Athens. They were 8-2 and two last year. They beat Missouri 49-14. to 14. They only lost to Florida and Alabama. Uh, they bring back JT Daniels, who kind of blew up at the end of last year and um, became their starting quarterback. Uh, and... But he'll be without his number one target. Uh, George Pickens will miss some time with injury. I mean, the latest I've heard was at least half the season, I think. I would be surprised if he – I mean, it'll be kind of a question mark whether he'll be back for this this matchup against Missouri. Um, and then another big target for them, literally big target, uh, Eric Gilbert, who we remember from playing for LSU last year. Uh, he, he kind of torched Missouri, six receptions, 97 yards, and a touchdown. He just looked like a monster on the field in the LSU game. He is with Georgia now, unfortunately, for the Tigers. But uh, he is going through some personal stuff, according to the coaching staff, and is away from the team right now. So who knows if he will actually play. So JT Daniels is definitely the guy at quarterback, but uh, will he have all the weapons available uh, against Missouri? We will have to wait and see. Of course, though... It is Georgia, so they have as many running backs as you could possibly hope for. Uh, they return all five of their top rushers from last year. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's kind of funny how some of these teams just seem to kind of like fall into these like stereotypes of like they kind of do the same things every year. Um, like Kentucky kind of just is always not flashy and yeah. have terrible quarterback play. and Yeah, run the ball well, solid defense. Right, and Georgia's the same thing. It's like incredible defense and incredible running backs and usually like just average everywhere else but it doesn't matter because they're just so good fundamentally at some of those other things and i really think that's exactly what could happen again this year i think jt daniels he's he's a very capable quarterback but like you said where where are the weapons who is he throwing the ball to may not matter because they're just gonna destroy you on defense and they're gonna run it down your throat so and the guys the the wide receivers for georgia that you've never heard of are probably better than the wide receivers for your favorite team probably <laughs> yeah probably uh but they do return 62 percent of total production 84 percent of their offense returning from last year including uh, uh four starters on the offensive line who were pretty solid yeah uh s&p's got them at 9.9 wins so that's that's good for second in the sec and that makes a lot of sense they're they're uh elite yeah i found this interesting last year uh georgia outrushed their opponents by over 100 yards per game over the course of the whole season so what they do always has it seems like yeah uh their defense looked like straight up bad against florida and alabama but then the rest of the season they were just dominant so we'll see um you know obviously we can probably expect the dominant uh defense to show up in athens against missouri but it's kind of like that Texas A&M game where if Missouri's got some momentum, if they really feel like they're playing for something really big, um, it wouldn't be the first time that Missouri has walked into Athens and, Athens and knocked off a really good Georgia team. Um, they Every year, it's the same story for Georgia every single year. They lose talent to the NFL on defense, but then they restock with a top five recruiting class. So um, they've got uh, defensive lineman Nolan Smith, who was the number one player in the country two years ago. 
who will finally be able to come into his own, I think. So look for him to be in the conversation for like all SEC defense. Um, but yeah, I don't know what else to say about the defense. They're going to have excellent players all over the field. Mm-hmm. I've got Missouri losing it. What's a more? Yeah, me too. What's more likely outcome? Mizzou loses to Central Michigan or they beat Georgia? What's a more likely outcome? More likely to lose to Central Michigan, unfortunately. I probably agree with you. Yeah. Unfortunately. I still think they'll I still think they'll win it, but Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, so now we've both got that as a loss. Uh which game will be closer? Texas A and M or Georgia? I'll say A and M. Home game, yeah. New quarterback. Makes sense. Yep. Okay, home game against South Carolina. Head coach Shane Beamer in his first season with the Gamecocks. He uh, coached under his father at Virginia Tech, spent some time on Kirby Smart's staff at Georgia, and was an assistant at Oklahoma before taking the head coaching job in Columbia, South Carolina. Last year they were 2-8. and eight. Uh, Mizzou beat them in their matchup 17-10. to 10. Um, Luke Doty. Is, will be the starting quarterback this year, um, but we might see some of George, uh, JUCO transfer quarterback Colton Gothier. Maybe that's how you pronounce that. <laughs> uh, last year, Colin Hill was the guy they you know they brought him in specifically from what was it Colorado State yeah. with the offensive coordinator, yeah. but that, uh, that Mike didn't Bobo. go well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that <laughs> didn't go said that name in a while. Yeah. Um, South Carolina fans were hoping for a lot more out of that combination. Oh man! Um, and kind of like Ryan Holinsky was kind of like, yeah, yeah, we that don't need was, you. yeah, I that was a weird. We definitely, I, I thought Holinsky was pretty good. Me too. And he just lost his job because of that weird connection. Yeah. That was terrible. Right. So yeah, I kind of felt bad for Holinsky actually. So now South Carolina, I no offense to Luke Doty, but they're kind of like stuck with him now after like going all in on this on Colin Hill for one year and. Ryan Holinsky's at Northwestern now, I think. So they've got Luke Doty, whether they like it or not. <laughs> um, he threw for 405 yards, two touchdowns, and I think like three interceptions last year in like the last two games of the season or something like that. So not a lot of experience there at quarterback. I think he'll probably still have the, the starting quarterback job at this point in the season, but we could see that uh, transfer step in at some point. Uh, they do have running back Kevin Harris Jr., who was one of the best running backs in the SEC last year. I think they'll just feed him the ball like crazy. Um, I think Shane Beamer will try to mix up the offense a little bit, but he's just not going to have the weapons. He's going to be basically forced to rely on the running game. Um, and they have a little bit of a strength in the offensive line at run blocking, but the offensive line could not keep the quarterback clean last year, and that was evident in the matchup with Missouri where Missouri was in the backfield all game, mm-hmm. and that was fun to watch. <clears throat> Gonna try and play a little Beamer ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just don't have the the weapons on yeah. offense to no, make they, it happen this year. I don't think they don't. And S and P's got them at four point one wins. That's I mean, I don't think anybody can disagree. It's just gonna be a little bit before South Carolina is competitive I, again. I think um, they just don't really return any meaningful production. It's just not a lot to get excited about. So, again, a kind of a game Missouri's got to pull out. Their defense last year was so strange. Like, they had a, a actually a really good defense on paper. Like, NFL caliber guys, they have guys that transferred to other D1 programs. But, you know, they had some kind of weird stuff with guys sitting out late in the season. They had some COVID stuff happen. 
I think a lot of their best players on defense kind of checked out last year once things kind of went bad. Uh, so we'll see if they can right the ship there with a new regime. Um, they've got a guy named Kingsley Ingerbear, who, uh, Ingerbear, something like that. <laughs> You'll know his name by the end of the season. He'll, yeah. He's a good defensive lineman. You want to try it again? Nope. All right, now we get a home matchup with Florida and head coach Dan Mullen. Boo. <laughs> I'm, I'm all aboard the uh, Dan Mullen hate train. Yeah, we don't like him very much around here. Uh, last year they were 8-4, and four, beat Missouri 41-17, to 17, and, of course, had the famous, uh, what I've uh, termed here on the notes, the halftime dust-up. Oh, my gosh. And that was the one where... Uh, Dan Mullen just out there fueling the fire. Yeah, just literally getting everybody riled up, and Eli Drinkwitz is like what is going on right now like yeah. what is happening why are we doing this the coach started it yeah <laughs> you got to be kidding me that was that was like coach drinkwitz attitude it seemed like it was like what is happening right now yeah and then uh dan mullen i'm pretty sure dressed up as darth vader after the game in his post-game presser that sounds familiar because he just loves he thinks he's the bad guy and just loves playing that role yeah yeah he thinks he's playing the villain like ironically but Actually, unironically, he is just the bad guy. You're just unlikable. <laughs> yeah. Like, like literal Darth Vader is more liked than Dan Mullen. <laughs> uh, they obviously lose Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts and Katarius Tony to the NFL, um, and they have new starting quarterback Emory Jones. Um, he has been at Florida for a while in a backup role. He's seen the field a few times and um, done pretty well when he's had some snaps. He is very much more of a dual threat quarterback than Kyle Trask was. Uh, Jones was the number five dual threat quarterback in his high school class. And so he will complement an already pretty strong running game. Um, they have uh, two running backs that return Damian Pierce and Malik Davis, but they also, because of course, bring in former five-star recruit, former Clemson Tiger, Demarcus Bowman. Uh, so he'll be a freshman. So they're going to have a really strong running game and it'll be kind of accentuated by the running abilities of quarterback Emory Jones. I think we'll see a lot of trickeration and, you know, disguised plays, read options and stuff like that. I think they'll really lean into that, but he, he can definitely throw it. And, um, you know, they're restocked with wide receivers who are fast and athletic. Um, I think by this time in the season, there's a pretty good chance that Florida will kind of have their offense rolling or at least figure out their identity and really know what they want to do. So I'm kind of scared of that. It does seem that Dan Mullen, as much as I don't like him, he does seem to know what he's doing. Uh, X's and O's wise, he seems to have Florida playing better than they have been uh, in, in years past, definitely before he got there. Um, he was definitely able to capitalize on Kyle Trask. I mean, Trask was a, was a really good quarterback. He was a Heisman finalist last year. Um, Sometimes weird stuff happens in college football. Um, losses you can't predict that you never see coming, and maybe even some wins that you don't see coming. Um, I've got Missouri at what? Probably, let's see, like seven and three at this point in the season. Um, Feeling pretty good. That's, that's pretty optimistic. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that Missouri's probably going to lose one of these games along the way. That just doesn't make any sense. Uh, but something that might not also make sense is, something, is I'm going to predict a win against Florida. Um, I just think that 
while I agree with you that maybe they do have things rolling by the end of the year, it, it's a new it's a new offense. They've lost so much talent. Mm-hmm. Um, Emory Jones is probably pretty good, but I think Missouri's going to find a way to exploit um, that offense, and I think they're going to pull out a crazy game at home. Yeah, I mean, even a normal excellent Florida recruiting class, you can't count on the backups to come in and replace Trask, Pitts, and Tony. They're just, you know, generational talents even for a program like Florida. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that if, if their offense kind of can't really figure out an identity and they maybe ha- are questioning things through the middle of the season um, because of some big losses or something like that, then I could see Mizzou being able to take advantage. I could see uh, Florida being kind of down on themselves by this time in the season if they aren't living up to expectations. And Mizzou could be on the other side of that coin, uh, feeling pretty good about a good season so far. And Florida's defense was not necessarily spectacular last year. They had their moments, but they also had some weird moments where they weren't very good. They do bring back uh, three of their top four tacklers from last season, all at the linebacker position. So they'll be pretty strong there. And they've got a defensive end named Zachary Carter, who um, is probably the best defensive playmaker as far as like wreaking havoc on the opponent's offense. I think Missouri loses this game, but I think it'll be, I think it'll be very close. I think Missouri's defense will be able to keep them in it. And if they can just do enough on offense to get over the hump, they could win it. But I've got this one as a loss. I've got I've got Florida winning it. And that brings us to the final game of the season at Arkansas. Arkansas coached by Sam Pittman. Last year they were 3-7. and seven. Mizzou won in a, just a fantastic finish, 50-48. to 48, One of the most exciting games in a while. They do have a new quarterback. Uh, K.J. Jefferson takes over. He was a four-star recruit out of high school. And they bring back... Um, no joke, like, uh, what, top five receiver in the entire country in Traylon Burks. Um, Jefferson should be just, like, looking to him on pretty much every single passing play. Um, they Interestingly, they, they basically traded wide receivers with Oklahoma through the transfer portal this offseason, and then they bring back all five offensive line starters as well as running back Traylon Smith um, to go along with Dominic Johnson and Raheem Sanders. So... Definitely some weapons on offense. Pittman himself is an offensive line coach by trade, so I think they'll be solid there with all their starters returning. Um, I personally am not sold on K.J. Jefferson, to be honest with you. Um, He played against Missouri, if you remember. uh, The game we played last year, um, he had to play against Missouri in that game. So we we have played against him. Was that his first game of the season? I feel like it was, but I don't remember. Um, yeah, because they had uh, Felipe Franks yeah, last yeah. year, and, yeah, who is on an NFL roster. I don't know if really? you know that. Yeah, he's That's... like third or fourth string trying to make the roster on a team. I can't remember. He probably won't. Um, yeah, I'm not completely sold on KJ Jefferson, I, but if he can just get the connection with Traylon Burks, I think they'll be totally fine. Yeah. So if they can establish that early in the season, then they could be deadly, and this could be a really difficult game for Mizzou. Um, they're pretty good on defense. They've got a pretty solid defensive coordinator over there. Um, Grant Morgan and Bumperpool are are good linebackers, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I don't think they're as good as Arkansas fans think they are. 
I think if they were what Arkansas fans think they are, they'd be in the NFL right now, <laughs> like Nick Bolton, and they're not. Yeah. So you know, they're good college. They could linebackers. be. They could be this year. Um, I, I I definitely could see a path that Arkansas is decent this year. Um, if KJ Jefferson takes a step, you know, he was. He was decent last year against Missouri. I think part of the reason why is because Missouri didn't know that they were going to have to play against him and didn't game plan against him, and he's a totally different player than Felipe Franks. He was running the ball more. He actually had some pretty deep passes that I just don't think Missouri was prepared for. It was just like your classic Mizzou backup quarterback game where yeah. he just comes out and is like just electric. Yes. So I think he could he could be decent. Traylon Burks will definitely be decent. He's he's a fantastic player. If they stay healthy, um, I really think this actually could be a pretty difficult game. And like you said, they, they have excellent coordinators. Uh, Barry Odom's a, a great defensive mind. Oh, that's who it is. And, I forgot. Uh, yeah, some, what is his name? Yeah, Barry Odom. Yeah, Barry it. Odom. Um, and then uh, Mr. Bryles, Kendall Bryles, yeah. is, uh, is the offensive coordinator, and he's a good offensive mind as well. So right. say what you want about Sam Pittman. I don't really – I'm not sold on him at Arkansas, but he – did a pretty good job hiring coordinators to definitely to run the team. So um, I, I, I can definitely and their see recruiting it. has been decent. Yeah, I could definitely see a, a realistic path that Arkansas is good. And I could see a path of for them to beat Missouri in this game. I mean, we've won like five years in a row now or, or five out of the last six years or something. Yeah. Um, at some point, I feel like Arkansas is going to wake up and just get tired of getting rolled by us every year. So yeah, two point win last year. Yeah, true. But <laughs> anyways still um, put up 50 that that yeah. feels like you're rolling them yeah i th- i feel like i i have to say this is a win um just because just to hold on to your mizzou cred it's gonna be yeah, yeah. hold on my <laughs> hold on my reputation <laughs> yeah. uh no i i think um I, th- I think it'll be a really good game i think it'll be close again and uh but I, i'll say missouri comes out on top yeah i'm kind of joking around a little bit um poking fun at arkansas and belittling them uh their fan base because it's just easy to do I think it just comes from a place of hoping that they don't put it all together because they definitely have the pieces to be dangerous. Um, so I'm just going to hope that they aren't able to do that. And I've got it as a Missouri victory. Yeah. They do return 78% of their total production and 85% of their production from defense. So, um, what's at, old, what's old Bill C old, think on the number of wins? Old Bill's got him at five and a half wins. Hmm. So he's doesn't seem to be as high on them, which is, He's got Missouri at like six point two wins or something, so he he does think Missouri that's the difference is, right there. That game is a better is a better team. So one game better, it could flip right there. Last game of the season. Okay, so I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight wins. Is that right? How many yeah. games they play? Twelve. Oof. Eight wins. I've got them at nine and three. Oh my goodness, Kyle! What are you doing? What am I doing? You're setting um, us up for a disaster. I definitely think um, whenever you look at all these games in a vacuum, like just individually, you go down one by one. I it seems like it's not too crazy to pick the wins that I just did, but at the same time, I just don't think they're going to go nine and three. Um, I don't see that happening. Just be, like I said earlier, there's just injuries happen, uh, weird stuff happens in college football. Um, I just really see Missouri stumbling somewhere that we don't that we don't think it's going to happen. They probably won't actually beat Florida, but even though I I called it, so if it does, then yeah. yeah. But so I mean I don't know. I don't think that um, it's impossible that Missouri goes nine and three. I think most likely they'll probably be eight and four, seven and five. But I think there's a like probably a seventy to eighty percent chance they're they're at that seven to eight win mark. Okay, so you think. 
That was a lot of statistics. So you picked, so you projected nine wins. I did. But you think well, in seven a, is more likely? In a game by game basis, yeah, I picked nine and three. Okay. But if I'm, if I just have to think as a whole, what will the record be? Not just not yeah. looking at the games. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say there's a really good it chance. Feels that more like a seven and five, I eight think, and four team. And statistically, I think that there's the best chance they will have seven or eight wins. Sure. I think that the, the statistics would back you up there. Thanks. Um, I'm kind of breaking it down into like, there's SEMO, there's Vanderbilt, there's North Texas. That's like three automatic wins, right? Then there's Georgia and Texas A&M, which I really think are losses. I just think they're that much better, that much uh, more talented at, at every position, honestly. Um, so then really there's room for any of those other games to go either way. Honestly, Florida could be a huge win for Missouri this season. Um, Tennessee, Kentucky, Arkansas could be, uh, South Carolina could be disappointing losses, especially if there's, if we lose three out of those four, which is possible, then that would be a really disappointing season. So with that being said, um, would you be disappointed with only seven wins? Um, I don't think I'd be disappointed. Um, I think I'd be satisfied. Yeah. I do think we need to take advantage of the schedule. I think a lot of our toughest games, um, well, we do have, I guess, t- Texas A&M and Florida at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't have, like, Alabama on the schedule. Um, I-, I just think it's a pretty favorable schedule in the grand scheme of things for an SEC team. I, I think that we should try and really take advantage of that. Um I'm not. I'm not disappointed with seven and five, but um, maybe a little bit left to be desired. But I, for the most part, I think I can live with it. I'm making an, an executive decision that we're gonna have to push the seven on seven draft to next week. That, um, that works. So I have. I want to do. I want to play a little game real quick. What is the path for Missouri to be like an absolute contender for the East? I mean, we know who they got to beat, but I want to kind of plot that out. What that would look like. So basically, if everything breaks Missouri's way, the offense is 100% of what they're capable of. The defense is strong. Maybe there's some key injuries to other SEC teams, some weird wins from underdogs uh, across the SEC. I don't think it's insane to have Missouri starting the season 6-0 and if everything's going well. If it's like, if we're in for kind of a, magical 2013 season which i don't think we are but just for fun if we start six and oh we come off a blowout win over north texas and we've got a home matchup against texas a&m now the tv producers will just be salivating because they can say what probably like number five texas a&m against number 17 mizzou at six and Mm oh I still think they lose to Texas A&M at home. Probably do. Yeah. But then we bounce back against Vanderbilt. So we're 7 and 1. Let's even just say that they lose to Georgia, 7 and 2, come back and win against South Carolina. We're 8 and 2 going into a home matchup against Florida, and that could be one of the bigger games in the last 5 years mm-hmm. for Mizzou. Yeah. If they've really got it rolling and have only lost to A&M and Georgia, then I could see them knocking off Florida 
finishing the street season strong against Arkansas and getting to 10 wins if everything broke perfectly for Mizzou. Yeah, I mean, everything pretty much hinges on what happens to Georgia. And yeah. if we do lose two game, two SEC games, I mean, we're, we're definitely counting on Georgia um, having some difficult matchups. Um, I don't, I'm not sure who they are matched up with from the West this year, but yeah, they're probably going to have to lose to Florida or something like that. And maybe Alabama or LSU, if they're playing one of those, Auburn, if they're playing a tough team from the West, maybe they stumble there. That's really pretty much what it comes down to is what does Georgia do? Mm-hmm. Um, because Missouri's not going to just go out and blitz the whole, their whole schedule and win every game. Right. But um, if for Missouri to be able to do that, they've got to they've got to stay healthy. Um, that's obvious. That's obvious. And that was the difference between the 2012 and 2013 seasons for Mizzou. There's a lot of the same players, but they were decimated by injuries in 2012, and it was very evident on the field. They were a lot worse because they didn't have the playmakers out there, but once they got everybody back, um, they were really, really good, like nationally good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's got to happen this year. Obviously, Bazelak is the key. He's got he's to take a step. I think that's something that's possible. Um, he's got some great weapons, but... He's still young. Yeah. I mean, there, he, would, he could not truly break out this season and still be able to the season after or the season mm-hmm. after that. I mean, sure. even we've talked about Kyle Trask at Florida was just kind of like, you know, not somebody that we were too terribly scared of, but he kept the offense going at Florida and then he just absolutely blew up his senior season. And there's a chance that uh, Bazelak could have some just absolutely elite weapons by the time he is a senior at Mizzou. Mm-hmm. It could be really special. So even if we don't see that breakout from him this year, I don't think we can completely write him off just yet. Yeah. Well, I really don't, unless he gets hurt, I don't see any way his stats are worse just because they're going to throw the ball more they're, yeah. They don't have, they don't have Larry Roundtree to, to lean on like they did. Um, so they're going to have to lean on Bazelak a little bit more this season. But, uh, and I think the number one, the number one thing outside of an individual player is they've got to be better in the red zone. They mm-hmm. were, they were terrible in the red zone last year um outside of you know field goals are not included in that because because right. mevis was drilling everything but um they've got to score touchdowns yeah. in the red zone and if they can do that i think they uh, have a chance to really improve on on last season and i think uh a lot will hinge on the defensive players being able to adapt to the scheme change which from according to the coaching staff it seems to be going really well so i think i'm optimistic there and i think the back end being a strength in the um, defensive secondary will be able to cover up maybe some weaknesses and we've got solid players um, up and down the defensive front. I don't know. I think uh, the pieces are there to where if everything went spectacularly well, Missouri could be in the conversation for the SEC East. Um, I just don't think they're going to be able to put it all together so perfectly to make that happen. I think there will be a stumble against a, boston college or kentucky or arkansas or maybe two out of those three so ceiling 10 and 2 yeah what's the absolute ceiling what's the floor absolute floor would be five wins there's five and seven there's like three count on them wins and then if they just couldn't really put it together against some of the other middling sec teams um i still think they would be able to get vandy in south carolina for sure or i i had vandy as one of the three Oh, sure things. What about so uh, we're talking about like maybe getting Central Michigan plus South Carolina at the bare minimum, yep. or like a Arkansas South Carolina something like that. Yep. Tennessee South Carolina. It's crazy with the uh, 
how thin the margin for error is oh, it's crazy. in college football. Yeah. So few opportunities. Yeah, and that's a I mean like the Barry Odom teams were just like so close a couple of times to where if they just had a few things go their way, they could have been um impressing instead of just being like, eh, yep. okay. And that's where I think Coach Drinkwitz and staff are gonna be able to really impress the fan base if they can take those winnable games and put them in the win column um on saturdays then they will be able to capitalize on the excitement and uh, even though i am expecting a lackluster crowd against central michigan just because of the extenuating circumstances if they start out three and oh if they're able to knock off kentucky on the road um and then regardless of what happens with boston college i think we'll have a packed house uh, coming back for Tennessee, it'll be a really good atmosphere, and that'll be a really exciting game. I'm ready to stop talking about it and just watch football. I'm ready oh, to yeah. just take it all in. I've been thinking about it, talking about it for months now. Just yeah, last week we went through all the players. Um, we obviously went for an hour or so um, breaking down the schedule. So and since we talked somewhat about central Michigan this week, I don't think we'll have that much to add next week. We'll do a little bit of a deeper dive into that preview, but uh, I think we'll have time to go ahead and do our uh, Mizzou football seven on seven draft next weekend. And producer Cameron will be happy. He loves that segment <laughs> and uh, he'll be able to be involved there. Yeah. That'll be a nice surprise for him. So yeah, I think, I mean, I'm optimistic if, if I had to, kind of sum it up i'm optimistic but i think the games that i am kind of feeling as though they're not winnable um are just going to be out of reach i don't think this is going to be that special special mizzou team that is able to break out and surprise people on a national level yeah i think i'm with you anything else that's it all right Everybody, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We are on Twitter, at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers at our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Uh, special shout out to our Patreon subscribers. Um, I didn't write them down. I'm going to try to do this off the top of my head. I know we have been and Brian and Tristan and Parker and Daddy JD and Abtrice or what is what is he on Patreon? Brit, Brit yeah. and uh, the newest one, 430 Horse. I'm remembering. Yeah, that was good. Thank you guys for your support. And thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week. <laughs>